Good Monday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us live in downtown Charlottesville on a Monday with 80 degrees in the forecast for at least today. Tomorrow it starts getting chillier, and the rest of the week gives us what is called fake winter, the first iteration of fake winter for 2023, or at least this portion of 2023, where it gets freezing cold, and then maybe we dabble back with balmy 70 60, 80 degree weather. Look at the screen for the headlines. A lot we're going to cover on today's program. I want you to support Reed's Grocery Store on Preston Avenue. They are in a very tight and precarious pickle right now when it comes to staying open. And I've highlighted, I think, the best strategy to supporting Reed's is gift card purchases. Buying Reed's out of goods um, and groceries that are on the shelves may not be the best approach because it really pinches those in the neighborhood around. Check the feed there, Judah Woodcarra, if you can. Um, gift cards. You funnel money into Reed's. You help them from a cash infusion standpoint, and you can shop later at Reed's when uh, the groceries are replenished on the shelves and it doesn't impact the neighborhood as much. Gift cards. Feed good? I think so. Is that, is that a yes, Judah? Uh, I'm working on it. So viewers and listeners are asking there. Okay. Is your mic on? Yep. Okay, give them a a take on what's going on there with the feed. Uh, I'm not sure where to start. Uh, What are they asking? So is it a a clean feed? We're good. Viewers and listeners, is it clean? Is that what you're seeing, Jude? Is it clean? Uh, Just a second. I'm checking. Okay, he's, he's checking the feed here. Then we'll go to a two-shot and welcome uh, Judah Wickhauer. UVA got its largest donation in uh, Darden School got its largest donation in UVA history. I'm going to get to that in a matter of moments. Um, I also want to talk on today's program. Albemarle County um, Public School Attorney Russ Holden is retiring at year end. This is the second change in the cabinet for Matt Haas. Year end, the attorney for Amor County Public Schools retiring. We'll talk about that on today's program. I also want to highlight uh, Violet Crown has been sold to an Austin company. I want to talk about um, the sidewalk construction on East High Street that is going to make this area a very nightmarish for the next three or four weeks, but a contiguous sidewalk on East High Street is going to be very much appreciated. I want to talk on today's program, Zoom Charlottesville and Barracks Road Shopping Center is for sale, and the prices going up everywhere, including McDonald's and Chipotle, raising prices again. J-Dubs, we good? Uh, We've got a little uh, encoder overloading, but uh, I'm sure it'll clear up soon. Okay. Um, Let's go to a two-shot here. I want to dig deep into what you were talking about earlier on this program. Talk to me about um, what you wanted to unpack when it came to prices in this area. And then I said, it's fragile out there. And you said, where do you want to begin? I'd love to start with that, Judah. All right. I mean, we've seen, uh, we've seen businesses coming and going. And that, that I'm assuming, I assume that will always continue. Uh, some businesses uh, die and make room for others. But I just, uh, it seems like we've 
been seeing a lot more of, I don't know, just across a lot of very, very different, uh, very different uh, businesses, a lot of different... Uh, take a look at the feed there. They're saying I'm frozen on screen. Multiple people. Let's fix that first before we get your take. I apologize for interrupting you. We're also seeing the branding on the studio here not correct for the I Love Seville show. Um, but first the feed, and then we'll get to uh, your take. Thank you, Stephanie, on LinkedIn for clearing that up for us. Um, Kevin Higgins, thank you very much as well. They're saying the video is still, but the audio is good. Judah's on the process of clearing that up. Look, this is what I want to talk about... Um, on the program, I, the fragility of what's happening out there. And I want to relay it, I want to relay it to some of the KPIs that are coming out this week. I put this on Twitter. Um, it's a busy week for data. You have a JOLTS job data report on, Tuesday, on Wednesday, excuse me. You have consumer confidence data tomorrow. You have a statement from the Federal Reserve on Wednesday. Jobless claims on Thursday the October jobs report on Friday, and 20% of the S&P 500 report, reports earnings this week. It's an absolute huge week for data. You are also seeing, and that's macro, that's national. From a local standpoint, you are seeing significant fragility in Charlottesville. There are a number of businesses that are come on the market for sale. Businesses like established F&B restaurants like Martin's Grill on Route 29 North for sale. Zoom, Charlottesville, and Barracks Road Shopping Center. Stu Rifkin put this out in his newsletter this week for sale. Prices astronomical. I highlighted the fact that our son loves the Happy Meal at McDonald's and encouraged my wife and I um, to take them there, our 11-month-old also sitting in the back seat. We got a quarter-pounder meal. My wife, I got a quarter-pounder meal with a vanilla milkshake, and our son got a happy meal with six nuggets, and it was $30. $30. I mentioned this to Judah, and Judah had a comment that I want to unpack, and we can weave you back in. It looks like the video feed's back and working, so thank you for fixing that, Judah. Um, you said, where do you want to begin? Yeah. So, your show. I'd love to adapt to you today. Well, we've seen across industries, uh, I mean, obviously, the, uh, let's start with the, with the cinemas. I mean, after the, after the pandemic, people had gotten used to watching movies at home. Not that we weren't getting used to it anyways. So, of course... You know, of course, movie theaters are are in trouble. Um, there's also, I mean, we've seen, uh, I think we've seen a glut of superhero movies, which, trust me, I don't mind. I love superheroes. I love comic books. At least I used to. But uh, I feel like the quality has gone down. So, you know, what are we, what are they selling? You know, I think we got a surprise hit out of Barbie. Um, and... I saw someone talking about the fact that uh, it was a movie made for, made specifically for women, whereas you've got a lot of uh, a lot of superhero movies putting women at the front. But really, when was this, when was the superhero movie ever made for women? And so, 
I just see a lot changing. <laughs> Would we call Barbie a superhero movie? No. Coming of age? Remake of a franchise? Uh, just you see a lot of movies specifically made for women. A lot of rom-coms specifically made for women. Yeah, but, they've, but they're a dime a dozen. Barbie was fairly, I think, innovative. And, uh, and I haven't seen it, but apparently well-written, well-acted. And, uh, you know, it certainly caught a certain zeitgeist. Um, whereas you see, you know, a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of superhero movies pushing, uh, you know, strong women, which is fine. But if which you is don't, great. Yeah, it's great. But if you don't have a good story and if you don't have a good writer and, a good, and good actors and actresses, then it pretty much just falls flat. And uh, the point being that I think movie studios are making as many missteps as they've ever made. The problem being that this is, a, as you said, a very fragile time. So that's hurting the, uh, you know, the movie theaters. And you've got, I mean, you've got fast food places raising their prices. You've got restaurant, restaurants going under, which, again, you know, it's nothing new. But uh, with this fragility, I just feel like, uh, I feel like things are changing. And I think a lot of it has to do with, a lot of it has to do with the uh, post-pandemic. A lot of it has to do with the fact that we're, uh, we're, becoming more and more chained to our uh to our iPhones and our iPads and our you know our Androids and and those things. And let's put this on screen. Put a lower third. How fragile is the economy? How fragile is the economy on screen for a lower third? That's what I want to talk about. Um, and this is going to be the theme of today's program. Why we're talking about the fragility of the economy is for a number of reasons. And we'll rot- you can rotate these lower thirds through, um, if you could please, sir, um, after you keep that one up for an extended period of time. I'd like for you to rotate the violent crown lower third. I'd like for you to rotate the Zoom Charlottesville lower third. And I'd like for you to rotate the McDonald's and Chipotle lower third. Those three are tied to the economy. Okay? So McDonald's okay. and Chipotle raising prices again. The McDonald's and Chipotle raising prices are tied to um, a, a fast food wage increase of $20 an hour, which will start in California in April. It's no secret that food and beverage businesses, restaurants, employ frontline workers. And as wages escalate for frontline workers, and I'm all for, I don't want anything to be taken out of context here by folks that like to take things out of context. I am all for frontline workers getting escalated wages. I am all for it. The byproduct of frontline workers, front of the house staff, back of the house staff, getting increased wages at fast casual, fast food, grab and go, quick serve, sit down restaurants, is prices have to increase as well. If you're going to pay staff more money, then prices for consumers have to increase as well. What's compounding the matter, please, what's compounding the matter is also cost of goods have escalated, taxes. I mean, Almaro County is talking about raising taxes yet again. Uh, College debt is back in the mix for buyers. Credit card debt is at an all-time high. Rents that are at an all-time high. Mortgages that are all-time high. Home values are at an all-time high. People are dying the death of a thousand cuts. So... 
What is happening in the McDonald's and Chipotle area is they're choosing to raise prices and they're telling people we're going to do this because our labor's gotten more expensive. We're seeing businesses tied to team members, heavy staff, choosing to either go the kiosk route, Blue Moon, Blue Moon Diner on West Main Street, for example, is going to kiosks, has gone to kiosks, ordering stations. They are cutting front of the house staff and going to ordering stations, pickup windows, less front of the house staff. We're seeing some restaurants choose to close altogether. We're seeing some restaurants choose AI or, or uh, digital components like apps to make the process more seamless. I want to discuss how fragile is this economy that we're currently in. If you'd like to rotate the Violent Crown sale, and then we'll weave you into the mix. Violent Crown, you read the Daily Progress. Reynolds Hutchinson has this story in the Daily Progress. Reynolds, this was a good story. Reynolds Hutchins, excuse me. Violent Crown, a theater in downtown Charlottesville, has been purchased. Austin, Texas-based Elevate Entertainment Group is acquiring the Charlottesville Violent Crown Theater. It's acquiring all of them. As well as the other three, four total. It's no secret Scott Aaronworth in Virginia Beach is watching the program. He says he's been to one movie theater since 2020. I've been to the movies once since 2020, says the Esquire in Virginia Beach. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to the movies. I could not tell you the last time I've been to the movies. You have Violent Crown, Alamo Draft House, and the Regal and Stonefield as the flagship or landmark attractions for key shopping and dining districts. Fifth Street Station, the number one attraction for Fifth Street Station is Wegmans. The number two attraction is Alamo Draft House. The price points for rents at Fifth Street Station have been set on Alamo Draft House operating at full clip. Price points on the downtown mall are set with Violent Crown operating at a full clip. Stonefield, the price points in Stonefield are set with Regal operating at a full clip. None of these three theaters are operating at a full clip. If you want to put the next lower third on there, Zoom Charlottesville. Zoom Charlottesville is now for sale. This is an in-person workout facility that is a locally managed brand now for sale. Zoom Charlottesville. I know the owners of this business. Zoom is one of those businesses that Publicly traded companies like Federal Realty, which owns Barracks Road, are trying to attract as tenants because they don't sell widgets on a shelf. They sell an exercise experience. It's like Orange Theory or the Stretch Lab or yoga or or cycling. They're not selling widgets on a shelf. They're selling in experience. Zoom Charlottesville now for sale. I'm curious of your take, Judah Wickhauer, on this. I want you to jump in with some conversation as well. I'll get to the viewers and listeners here in a matter of moments. Kevin Higgins says, the future, I think the future holds um, AI superstar actors that aren't even real. Hollywood should be very, very nervous. 
You see this on Instagram. You can follow Instagram accounts that are based on models doing photos of themselves in bikinis and luxurious places, wearing stylish clothing, and it's not actually human beings. It's AI versions of themselves. I talked about this weekend how my wife and I and our five-and-a-half-year-old son spent $30 at McDonald's for two-quarter-pounder meals and a Happy Meal. And McDonald's and Chipotle are both saying prices will escalate even more. How is the locally owned business going to be able to keep up with this? you got a grocery store on Preston Avenue in Reeds that is basically saying we cannot afford to stock the shelves at the full level we're supposed to. Please bear with us. You have folks on Cherry Avenue chomping at the bit for a food, a grocery co-op in the old Kim's Market location. Multiple viewers and listeners have said, if an institution like Reed's can't make it work, how is a co-op with limited experience and even less buying power going to make it work? Yeah. You got Teeter, Food Lion, Kroger, and Giant saying our margins are so slim, we're not sure what the future of grocery is. I'm asking you this question, how fragile it is out there? And I really want to unpack what you wanted to lead with at the beginning of the show, where it's not just movies, it's other things you're seeing as well. Show is yours, Judah. I mean, we're talking about it. Uh, it's movie theaters, it's fast I mean, you would think, you would think McDonald's, out of all the, uh, the fast food chains, or out of, the, out of all the restaurant chains out there, would, uh, would be able to make ends meet. Um, and now we're talking about grocery stores not being able to to keep going, I and I I can't I can't imagine that how people are surprised. I mean we've had runaway inflation, and we've had we've had a a growing gap between uh, you know what people are making and what people can afford for years. It's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's not going to stop. Nobody's, I don't think, doing anything specific, specifically to, uh, to answer the problem, right? I mean, you got a statement from the Fed on Wednesday. People are saying rate hike is not going to happen on Wednesday. Another meeting in December. It's ambiguous what the Fed's going to do in December. You got a portion of the population dying the death of a thousand cuts. While another portion of the population, perhaps those with fixed overheads and interest rates below 4%, which were acquired at the beginning of COVID, Scrooge McDucking and swimming in money, capitalizing on stocks and equities with limited debt service tied to revolving credit. If someone right now is in a position where they do not have a lot of debt on credit cards, has an interest rate below 4% on their house, a manageable mortgage payment, and has a cash position of note, they have tremendous opportunity on their hands. For now. Why, why for now? Because it's, it's not changing. Nothing, yeah, sure they've got that now, but prices are going to keep going up, and wages are not. Eventually, it's going to start overtaking more and more industries. Starting to certainly get into retail. It's starting to certainly get into office. How is construction doing? 
It's certainly getting into construction. It's certainly getting into home building. The home builder, the small one, without the economies of scale, is not able to build like they want to. Build like we need them to. What's per, what's, what is persevered? Or what will persevere? What is protected? I mean, anyone could talk about chips and AI, but chips and AI, whether we want... Chips and AI are not Main Street or Market Street or Preston. They're not Rose Hill. They're not Water Street. They're not Belmont Avenue. They're not 250. They're not Pantops. And, and how does it help us? I mean, sure, uh, who is it, Google or, or Windows or Microsoft or somebody's going to you know, pump a billion dollars into AI but how does that help us? How does that help anyone out there? I mean, multiple people. Kevin Higgins says with AI, you're going to see movies without humans in it to cut down on budgets of movies. Who needs to pay and rotate that lower third to the fragility of the economy if you could? Who needs to pay $50 million for Tom Cruise to do Maverick or whatever the payment was? It was an astronomical amount of money. When you can get a Tom Cruise lookalike with AI acting in his steed. And he's stead. Judah's quick to correct me on that. What's that? Scott Aaronworth says a Big Mac will cost at least $10 in the beginning of 2030. I think a Big Mac might be flirting with $10. Jason Howard made this comment. He went to five guys. Jason, I hope it's not, it wasn't just one person. He went to five guys the other day. He got a burger, he got fries, and he got a milkshake at five guys. And it was $27 before taxes. That had to be some other people. Please tell me there were some other people with you. Jason Howard, the king of Rio Road. Scott Aaronworth says, what is Citizen going to charge? Who can afford that number? Not the average customer. Citizen's about $16, $17, $18 for an entry burger on the downtown mall. I think Five Guys is about that now. Last time I went in there, I, I thought, oh, man, I can't wait to eat a, a big you know, double cheeseburger from Five Guys. Looked at the price and noped out. Five guys price point. <clears throat> we'll tell it to you right now. What'd you get? Bacon cheeseburger? You mean what didn't I get? Bacon cheeseburger base is going to cost you 12 and change. Scott, to your point about what Citizen is going to charge, Citizen will still be popular if the other restaurants on the downtown mall also escalate in price point, and they have to. So as the other restaurants on the downtown mall escalate in price point, Citizen will still have demand because it will be the entry price point for sit-down eating on the downtown mall. Because it's still a burger place. Because it's a burger place. How many of the businesses just say, we need to pivot away from front of the house staff and go to a pickup window? Like Blue Moon Diner has done. Like Moe's on Ivy Road. The Ivy Provisions model, the sandwich shop. Like Wayside Fried Chicken. Is that what we're going to go, what we're looking at from a future standpoint? Talk about office space. Take a look out there on what office space is from an availability or vacancy standpoint. It's a plethora of availability. A lot of people make the argument or make this statement. 
Just convert the office space into housing. That does not work that way. And folks that say just convert the office space into housing do not realize the astronomical costs associated with converting office space to housing. Tearing down big buildings? You're tearing it down. We're not remodeling it. And then somebody's got to build the housing. So who's getting paid for that? Like, does the city decide who gets the, who gets the contracts? Tell them, Judah. Who is, like, are they going to start putting the, the land that those office spaces is on up for sale? And then, of course, it would have to be somebody like, I mean, it would have to be a big company. I'm that, working with a colleague. It would have to be a big company that can afford to buy that land and then start producing the houses, which you know is not going to see a return on investment for, what, five, ten years? Probably more in Charlottesville where it's impossible to get anything built. Deep Throat says this. When you talk about some of these industries, it goes beyond inflation and relates to challenge to the business model from disruptors. Grocery store dealing with 15-minute delivery companies. Cinemas dealing with streaming. It is funny you have upzoners in Seville touting bodegas while the real bodegas in New York City are so effed by 15-minute delivery that the Bodega Association is resorting to using zoning to try to shut down 15-minute delivery depots. Yeah. The opportunity for a co-op in Fifeville at the old Kim's Market location is a pipe dream. Reed's Market has been doing this for decades on Preston Avenue. Yeah. Reed's Market has another location. Take a look. They have one other location, so they have some purchasing power, and they've been doing this for decades. And they cannot, they're, 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 they're begging the community for help and encouraging the community, partly through this platform, to utilize the gift card method to help them and not to purchase the limited groceries that they have on their shelves because it's the neighborhood that needs them. Yeah, which is kind of insanity. Explain why. I mean, you've got a company saying, don't, don't, don't buy our product? They're, they're saying, buy our, don't buy our product if you're not in, within walking distance of our place. Because those that are within walking distance need these to survive because they don't have vehicles, they rely on public transportation, and there's limited things that they can carry with them on a public transportation route. So when upper-class upper Charlottesville wants to pound their chest and say, we support Reeds, we're going to save Reeds, and rushes to Reeds and buys their limited groceries, it's taking food away from 10th and Page, Rose Hill, Star Hill, and the neighborhood directly behind Reed's that walks there for their groceries. Yeah. They're saying instead, we do need your help. Consider buying gift cards. It's bananas. Yeah. This is bananas, right? I mean, I, do, they, do we really think gift cards is going to save them? If, well, if they're at that point? The, the, the idea would be the gift cards would give them a cash infusion to replenish their shelves, which then could potentially create more customer demand that's sustainable. Yeah, I understand. I just uh, You're I asking mean, is it a band-aid? That's a lot of gift cards if I mean I don't know I don't know how much they need to buy to replenish their shelves. Can they just not afford to get the next uh, the next shipment? I mean that's insanity. I mean that's isn't doesn't that pretty much ring the death knell of a company if they can't you know if they can't even get another shipment? Until, I mean, what's the, what's the goal? 
how many gift cards need to be sold before they can uh, before they can get someone to send a truck back. Stephanie Wells Rhodes watching the program. We went to a local restaurant last night and my son and his wife got three quesadillas, two sides of rice and two sodas and it was $64. He was blown away, she says. Blown away. Mm -hmm. Bill McChesney says, I stopped at a Burger King in Lexington recently after riding the 611 train from Goshen to Stanton and back. The dining room was closed and there were two people working the drive-through, two whoppers around 15 bucks. Go to the McDonald's on Pantops. That's the one we went to on our way home. There is no one working the front of the house of McDonald's. You order through a kiosk and someone from the back of the house drops your food next to the register. There's no one working the front of the house of McDonald's or the registers on Pantops. They say you order through the kiosk, you order through the app, or you go through the drive-thru only. Fragile is how I would characterize things. Yeah. Fragile. And you cross your fingers that Powell's not going to do a rate hike on Wednesday. I don't think he will. But December, who knows? Because the data is continuing to come in hot. It's bananas. And you say don't, we hope he doesn't do a rate hike, but if that, I mean, that's in service of taming the inflation, right? He's doing the rate hikes to put inflation in check. This is where Judah Wickhauer makes the argument he needs to do the rate hikes, no doubt about it. Let's just get this all over with and move on. I mean, uh, Mr. DL, your thoughts. Ginny Hu, your thoughts. I mean, that's uh, what you're alluding to, right? I'm not arguing that he should, but I mean, if that's the only way to to get the inflation in check, then maybe it's necessary. I at this point, maybe it doesn't even matter. I mean, we're I I feel like we're fast tracked to uh, like just our economy going uh, down the drain. Janice Boyce Trevelyan, what you- what's your feeling, gentlemen, on the increased services asking for tips? She also says electric, water, propane, all household expenses are up. I, I saw this for the first time the other day. Are you ready for this? I pumped gas into our family Ford Explorer, and on the screen of the gas tank was a call to action to tip. To tip the gas station? Wow. You put your credit card at the tank to get gas. And before the transaction was completed, a call to action popped up on the digital screen. Would you like to add a tip to this purchase? (sighs) I am pumping the gas. Me, myself, am pumping the gas. Why would I add a tip to me getting out of the car and pumping the gas. Has anyone seen that yet? I saw it for the first time. I always pay inside, so. Violent Crown is sold to a company out of Austin, Texas. Deep Throat makes this comment. Violent started in Austin, by the way, so did Alamo. When do the rents at Fifth Street Station, 
the downtown mall in Stonefield reflect a movie theater market that is fragile and not driving the amount of foot traffic it used to drive. You think a landlord is going to lower rents? Some, some cannot. Federal Realty, for example, it's a publicly traded company. They're responsible to their shareholders first. And Federal Realty has so many tenants in Barracks Road that if it starts cutting rent to new tenants to incentivize them filling out vacancies, then that word gets out to existing tenants. They're going to want to renegotiate their lease, and they'll say, hey, you gave this new tenant. It's like this. You know when businesses offer first-time customers an incentive to become customers? Then you make everybody want to quit their their, uh, account and become a new customer. You piss off loyal customers because the first-time customers are getting a deal that the loyal customers cannot get. So if Federal Realty cuts its rents for vacancies, Zoom Charlottesville's for sale. Put that lower third on screen if you can. We'll rotate them in and out. If Zoom Charlottesville does sell and the new buyer renegotiates the lease, this is a hypothetical, Federal Realty cannot negotiate much besides term and maybe some build-out cost allotment. Federal Realty may give an allowance for build-out and may say, I can wiggle on my term, three, five, seven, ten, but it's got to keep a pretty consistent price per square because if the word gets out that price per square is malleable or negotiable, existing tenants will raise a ruckus and go to the property manager and say, hey, we want that price too. I don't know who got the tip at the gas station, Vanessa Park Hill. I would imagine the tip at the gas station goes to, I would hope the tip at the gas station goes to a proverbial digital glass jar that's chopped up with whoever's working during that shift. (coughs) Judah is doubtful. Judah thinks it's going to the bottom line of the company. That's what that smirk made, right? I mean, that's, that would be the usual, right? Deep Throat says he shares a link from media, McDonald's revenue soars as it hikes menu prices. $18 Big Macs on the horizon. You got some companies that are run so efficiently. You got, this is the crazy thing that's actually happening. Listen closely, viewers and listeners. You have mom and pop businesses that are getting ravaged by inflation, labor, Mm -hmm. cost of goods, rent, utilities ravaged. But then you have other companies who have managed this inflationary period extremely well. Take a McDonald's with its kiosk rollout, its digital platform rollout, its mobile app rollout, its cutting of labor. But they still raise the prices and they do it under the cloak of darkness, the shell game of inflation. All that is doing is driving more revenue to their bottom line. McDonald's can say, we're going to raise prices just like everybody else, especially a fast food business that's already the lowest option. They have a captive audience because they're the lowest prices out there. They can say, all we have to do is still be the lowest. 
But if we raise prices, knowing we slash labor because we had the foresight to implement AI, digital, mobile apps, and drive-through, then we can make even more money. I mean, we've, we've seen it a bunch Judah of... Judah mo- calls it what? Save for Sally in the back. What, profits over people? Profits over people. I mean, we've seen, it, we've seen it tons in the last year, two years. Companies making, like, record profits and also laying off 2,000, 5,000 employees. I mean, of course they're making record profits. And the thing is, those are the companies that are able, are probably better able to, uh, to weather whatever storms come and pull in whatever market share is getting lost in, you know, mom and pop stores. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but how long before, uh, before we're mostly big box brands? And we've kind of talked about, kind of talked about that happening to the, uh, to the corner. How, how, how long are we to a completely self-serve model? The go to the tap room and instead of being served by a barkeep, it's what draft tap room was over here, a digital card purchased from one employee and then you take the digital card and you shine it over a tap and the tap knows exactly how much beer to dispense. And it's up to you to have the foresight into the common sense to tilt your glass a certain way so the head from the beer does not take up 50% of the liquid poured in your, in your cup. I was watching people at Draft Tap Room, and I love the Draft Tap Room concept. I can't wait for Draft Tap Room to open again. Yep. Stefan, open Draft Tap Room again, no Stefan. Licking Hole Creek he owns. Fellini's he owns, Stefan. He bought Ace Biscuit and Barbecue. He loves Happy Hour at Marigold. Open up Draft Tap Room again. I would watch as I was at Draft Tap Room, people get one of those digital cards, fill it up for eight or ten bucks so they can get like a duck rabbit milk stout. And then take their 16 ounce glass and literally put it flat below the tap, flash the card, let the beer pull into the vas, into the glass, and they didn't have the sophistication to tilt the glass. So all the beer did was pour into the glass, overflow with foam and head, and it stopped literally at the allotment of beer that it was supposed to give. And then when the, whole, hmm. when the head settled down, it was half full. I didn't realize you put money. Well, I'm, when I was going, you didn't put money on it. Uh, but, tilt it. Uh, tilt it. If there's, tilt it, folks. Yeah. That is just a... a Darwinism? A poor beer Survival of the fittest? But until they start pouring the, the head out, they're not, they're not losing any money. If the head overflows from the cup, they are... Well, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Tilt it. That will help you pour a better beer. That will help you pour uh, a better beer. But I want to put this in perspective. Put the UVA darting gets largest donation in history on screen. What's happening is not impacting everyone. Well, of course not. You got this incredible donation. This happened late last week. David LaCrosse and his wife Kathleen updated their gift to the Darden School of Business to more than $100 million. 
The LaCrosse family made an initial gift of 44 million this past October, Judah. Then, late last week, they took that 44 million from late October, last October, this past October, and pushed it over 100 million. This is the largest gift in the Darden School's 68-year history and among the top 10 donations in any business school. I'll share the link to this story in the comment section of my personal Facebook page. I just did. I'll share this link to the story in the comment section of my LinkedIn. I just did. I'll share the link to this story, the largest donation in Darden's 68-year history, in the, com- in the thread on Twitter of this show. I just did. I'm sharing it on the I Love Seville food page, the I Love Seville group page, and I'll share it on the I Love Seville comment section so you can read it. FYI, everyone, check this out. I just did. Over $100 million by this man and his wife generously to the Darden School. Darden, his alma mater, a 78-year graduate, 1978 graduate. He had a 10-year career at Bank of America. Then he founded Risk Management Technologies. His wife, Kathleen, graduated from UVA's College of Arts and Science in 1976. Phenomenal donation. I'm not taking anything away from his generosity, Judah. Mm -hmm. I'm not throwing shade. I applaud him. I give him props. Over $100 million donated from one couple couple to the Darden School. This is going to make Darden even more prestigious, even more impressive pedigree, even more popular. It's going to attract even more talent to Darden. My point is, it's a... It's an example. It's an example of adapt and overcome. It's an example of pivot and innovate. It's an example of the wealth gap widening. There was a time Carly Wagner made this comment. She made this comment last week. There was a time where if you said that you were making 100 G's at Christmas time to your family, your family gave you props and said, you've made it. The median income, according to HUD for the Charlottesville area per household, 123,300. Yeah, that's nuts. 100, that's a dual income family. Heck, that might even be a dual-income, tri-income family. I had another buddy who said this to me in person. Forget 40 out. That's why I said this a year ago, and I caught so much heat from you about this. I caught heat from a lot of viewers and listeners. It's not a 40-hour work week anymore. But you can... It's work a 40-hour week and then work a 20-hour week. That's how this HUD 123-300 is happening in part. I know you hate that comment, but that's what it's become. I know that some people will have to do that, but making that the norm 
it's the same thing as escalating everything else. It's like, uh, well, let's just raise the prices on everything. I mean, do you want every business to go out of business? No. The opposite. Well, then you can't just keep escalating things and escalating things and saying, oh, well, sorry, What's the alternative? sorry guys, now everybody has to work 60 hours a week. What's the alternative? And then, in, and then in, is it, how long is it going to be? Is it going to be 10 years or will it just take five years? Before what's the alternative? Like, what's the alternative? What's the solution? What do you do otherwise? I mean... I sincerely ask that question. I'm willing to listen to learn. We've got to start, I mean, we've got to start somewhere, like fixing the inflation problem. So if, you're saying our, raise the rates. If our country can't get inflation under control, if the rest of the world can't get inflation under control, I'm afraid that this is just a, a downward spiral. It's a death spiral. Because when does it stop? When do you when do you stop saying you got to work more than forty hours? You got to work a few more hours than forty hours a week, and then a few more, and then a few more, and then a few more. At, at some point, you realize you just can't sustain that. You run out of hours, and you die. Yeah. Not sustainable. But what is the other? What is the solution? This is where we are. I mean, and, and this is legitimately where we are. You know this as well as I do. The viewers and listeners know this as well as I do. We're at the most expensive housing market in American history. In a lot of cases, and I'm talking the majority of cases, renting is now more affordable than home ownership. Think about that. That's terrifying. Renting is now more affordable than home ownership in many, 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 many markets. Do the research yourself. We're at the highest credit card debt in American history. Rates are floating, flirting with 9%. This time last year, what were they? 2 3%? They've 3X'd? Not last year. This time two years ago. Thank you for the correction. This time two years ago. 24 months ago. Thank you for the correction. Appreciate you holding me accountable. Student loan payments are back. Right? Anyone with credit card debt has got some that's well over 25% interest. No doubt. You're seeing businesses hitting the market for sale left and right. Landlords are asking what the hell we're going to do. But some are making moves. Put the 1417 Emmett Street under contract lower third on screen. I'll give you some insight into this with uh, some analysis on I Love Seville later today. You got a fantastic piece of real estate on Emmett Street that is now under contract. It's 19,000 square feet. The asking price, $3,350,000. $3,350,000. Thousand dollars. It's less than an acre. Tim Carson, the vice president of Real Estate Three and a good friend of this program, had the listing. He got it under contract. He describes the property to me as an expansive property with incredible opportunity for investors and businesses alike. Prime location on U.S. Route 29 Seminole Trail. The property boasts excellent road frontage and guarantees. 28,000 vehicles driving by the site. 
19,000 square feet. Ample room for various businesses. Property is zoned for commercial use and currently houses five different tenants. You know how long this property was on the market, Judah? No. 17 days. 17 days. Tim Carson, props to you. Damn good job. More analysis on that on I Love Sevo later in the show. Nice little, nice little commission there for my friend. More details as the property heads to closing from yours truly. Vanessa Parkhill is exactly right. Inflation goes bananas when the government floods the economy with dollars. Much of the stimulus during COVID pushed inflation big time. Real and government spending for starters. She also says Black Panther and Maverick were worth the premium to see in theaters. Rom-coms, not so much. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, there are definitely movies still coming out that are totally worth seeing in the theater. Kate Sharks, good afternoon. Love seeing you this weekend. Oh. The business tied to multiple frontline workers. Those have the most headwinds locally. The businesses tied to real estate transactions, those have the most headwinds locally. The businesses tied to office space, Mm-hmm. Those have the most headwinds locally. The businesses tied to selling widgets on a shelf, those have the most headwinds locally. The businesses tied to selling luxury goods, time will tell if brand loyalty or the affinity for brand will power through rising household debt. Well, if the people, uh, if the people who are donating a million dollars, a hundred million dollars to, uh, to UVA are, uh, are doing fine, then I don't know how much trouble that, uh, um, what did you call them? Luxury goods. Luxury it's goods. Not just, it's not just one percenters that buy luxury goods. I know that. Luxury goods are part of a lot of folks' personal identity. And a lot of folks buying luxury goods and associating them with their personal identity are not one percenters. And sadly, I think those people will probably continue to buy those things. I mean, there well, are what? People, those people will continue to buy those things whether or not it's economically feasible. I mean, you've got people spending how Time much? Time will tell. You've got people spending how much on, on new iPhones? I, I don't know how much a new iPhone Astronomical is, amounts of money. Insanity. I, what's the iPhone 15 run? John Blair, welcome to the show. I'll look it up. What do you think it runs? If I put the over under at $1,200, what would you put it? What would you say it is? For an iPhone 15, I mean, it's got to be insane. So I'm going to say over. I feel, iPhone 15 Pro, Pro Max, $1,200 before taxes. 1200 before taxes. 
and you can finance it at $50 a month. <laughs> Buy this iPhone for $1,200 plus tax. Let's just call it an even $1,300. Oh, man. I wonder what the... Uh, it's going to take you 27 months to pay off. I wonder what the interest on that is. It's going to take you... Buy this iPhone for $1,300. It's going to take you 26, 27 months to pay off. It's now longer for you to pay off an iPhone than it was for you to buy a brand new car during COVID and pay off month to month. We bought a new car, Explorer Platinum, during COVID when the world was falling apart. We bought our house during COVID when the world was falling apart and a brand new car during the world was falling apart. It was the Warren Buffett mindset. Be greedy when everyone was scared. No one was willing to buy real estate. I said to my wife, we're going to buy it right now because demand is at an all-time low and we're going to get a deal. In the beginning of COVID, dealerships, manufacturers were saying, we will pay you to buy a car. We will give you a deal where it's no interest for three years. Mm. No money. In the beginning of COVID, buying a new car was buy a new car, you get it 5 to 10% below SMRP, and we will give you no interest and zero down payment for three years just to get these damn things off our lot because no one, it's a ghost town around here. I'm like, mm -hmm. let me understand something. There can get a car with zero miles on it. I don't have to put any money down, and as long as I pay it off within 36 months, this car is interest-free and it's discounted versus what it was four months ago? And they had commercials running everywhere. I was like, okay. You know what the biggest mistake I did? Not buying two. There it is. <laughs> I effed up. I should have bought five. <laughs> I should have bought five. Because 12 months later, I could have gotten those other four and sold them for 25 to 30% above what I purchased them for 12 months prior. Yeah. I tell my wife that. Ask her. I said I should have bought them too. No money down. No interest for three years. Brand new cars with no miles on it during the beginning of COVID. Remember when the used car market went bananas? Yeah. You couldn't buy a used car for less than a, uh, than a new car. Bingo. Insanity. Philip Dow in Scottsville. Right now, the election next year is looking very scary. We need to prepare ourselves. The stock market will slide in a bad way. <laughs> Kevin Higgins in Greenwood. Want to get out of this mess? Have small business owners, teachers, mothers, entrepreneurs, and civil servants run this country. They know how important it is to have more coming in than going out. Our political system and the way our government governs is dysfunctional as it gets. You policymakers are in a position they have no clue how to handle because there isn't any more money to throw at this problem. Yeah. <clears throat> Compounding the situation, Ukraine and Russia. Compounding the situation, Hamas, Gaza, and Israel. <clears throat> Compounding the situation, a border policy that is floodgates, that is watering down the labor market. Compounding this situation, an election in a year that's going to be chaos or ca catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to admit this or not, let's say you're on the, uh, let's say you're a Democrat or you're a liberal. <coughs> Democrats and liberals, you know who they don't like in Virginia? Glenn Youngkin. 
But guess what, Democrats and liberals? I bet you like Glenn Youngkin more than Donald Trump. Republicans. Republicans and conservatives watching this program. You may not like Joe Biden. You probably don't like Joe Biden. Who's your backup option? Who's the backup option on the, on the, on the Dems for the president? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see the backup options for both sides. Who's the backup option? You may not like Yunkin, but you better get used to Yunkin, or else you got a Trump. Ray Cadell, I bought my 16-year-old daughter a brand new car instead of a used one because it was no money down and zero percent. Ray Cadell knows the deal when he sees one. He's in the beginning business of negotiating. Warren Buffett, be greedy when everyone's scared. Be scared when everyone's greedy. Mm-hmm. Deep throat. I think people fail to understand how rate hikes are supposed to work. Rate hikes are supposed to cool down absorption. So one way that works is that high rates suppress home building even though there is demand for homes. That's what cooling down demand looks like. The alternative is to cool down demand by fiscal consolidation, i.e. government spending less. Good luck with that under the current administration. Under any administration. Some administrations more than others. I could be wrong, but I don't know of any administration that has actively cut costs in anything. It's a question for someone above my pay grade. Yeah. Someone says on the DL to us that draft taproot will open as tapped, supposedly in the coming months. Can't wait for that to happen. That would be nice. Right around the corner from us. And you know what gets shafted here? This is, I want to close with this. And I got two pieces of information to get out of the notebook. First piece of information, Almaro County Public School attorney, Ross Holden, who has held the job since the fall of 2008, announced that he is retiring. He made that announcement very recently. You'll see that in the legacy news cycle. Ross Holden, who's the attorney that sits, sits next to the school board members during public meetings. He joined the school division in the fall of 2008. He was the executive vice president and general counsel for the New York City School Construction Authority where he directed and managed an organization with a five-year capital budget of $17.5 billion with a B, supporting the city's 1,500 public school buildings. He joined in fall 2018 ACPS. He said, peace, I'm out at the end of the year, the calendar year. Do you understand what has happened with ACPS, Judah? Phil, the county spokesman, say his last name for me. Uh, Jaramita. Phil Jaramita last week announced a surprise resignation as the ACPS spokesman effective immediately at the end of this semester, which is weeks from now. Mm. The very next week, the ACPS attorney, Russ Holden, has announced his resignation effective at the end of the school year. 
You have two incredibly important lieutenants in the Dr. Matthew Haas cabinet. Phil Jaramita, Jaramita, the spokesman, and Russ Holden, the attorney, piecing the F out and getting out of Dodge. You think that has to do with, uh, <clears throat> with Haas? Quality of life, level of stress, angry parents, a vitriol political environment, a school board that is one party controlled, nepotism, backroom dealing, SOL performance, all the above? Raise your hand if you say Jerry's right. Jerry's right. Parents all over listening and streaming this show are saying, Jerry's right. Amen. Nodding their head. Tell me I'm wrong, Judah. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, uh, I think I'd have a hard time being a spokesman of whatever's going on there. ACPS spokesman pieces the F out, and the very next week, the attorney pieces the F out? At the whole same time, the superintendent is getting a pay raise and a contract extension 18 months before his contract is over? Yeah. Come on. Come on. And I'll close with this. You know who this impacts? You know these inflationary periods, this labor issue, this cost of goods issue, this escalating rents issue, this debt service issue, this housing affordability issue, this school issue? It impacts families and kids. Yeah. Who Put your hand in the air and wave it around if you don't care about not having much to do with your kids in this town, in this area. Or you take your kids. You don't have any kids. You know a lot about kids. You're an easygoing guy. You'd be a hell of a dad. Thank you. Or you take your kids in the Charlottesville area for things to do. Seriously, viewers and listeners. It's a good question. No more uh, ice rink? No ice rink. Never had a roller skating rink. No roller skating rink. I've told you before that... Charlottesville. Movies theaters are astronomically expensive. How much are they going to take four kids to and the movies? And you can only take your kids to the movies so many times. Right. There's only so many movies out. And parents and want to get their kids off screens? Where are you going to take your kids? Seriously. Don't ask me. I've always felt like Charlottesville was masquerading as a, uh, what do they call it? A, uh, a world-class city. I, I, I'll tell you what Charlottesville is. Austin, Texas, Vail, Colorado, and Greenwich, Connecticut had a menage a trois, and they birthed Charlottesville. That's what it is. Mm, I don't know about that. Austin, boom shakalaka with Vail, boom shakalaka with Greenwich, and Charlottesville got birthed. Hmm. Kevin Higgins says, I'm not taking my kid to McDonald's. That Happy Meal is going to cost you 10 Bs. Vanessa Parkhill says, kids, sports, and scouts are fantastic activities. Yeah. Sports are what we're doing with our boys. That's a Monday edition of the talk show. We will continue some of this discussion.
on the Tuesday edition of the I Love Seville show. I'm going to give you a thorough analysis of the $3,350,000 Emmett Street deal on iloveseville.com later today. If you're not signed up for the I Love Seville newsletter, you're missing the news as it comes out. What's the URL? iloveseville.com. Was it forward slash e-news? Uh, I think it's e-newsletter. I loveseville.com forward slash e-newsletter. Sign up. It goes there first. Judah, job well done. Any closing thoughts? You're looking sharp in the Alfred suit from Real Talk. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, guys. Back Tuesday, 1230. So long.